0: Hi everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are still in Argentina and we are going to venture south to Ushuaia, the most southern city in the world and we are also going to venture up into Iguazu. So Iguasú is the massive waterfall cascade system and if you're in any way inclined to be um a lover of the natural world this is the place for you um so yeah so last week we were in Patagonia the most amazing hiker paradise in the world I believe I mean I haven't been everywhere but it's like renowned and it's just stunningly beautiful so if you missed that go back and check it out this week I am going to begin by saying thank you to everybody last weekend who turned up for the click and collect and the book signing, I actually was just, like, speechless. At all the support I got and all my old um, former colleagues from Apple came down and Airbnb and all of it, and I just felt so blessed. I was like, you know, even though I had left those companies, like, I still kept those kind of like family. So I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you who drove down to the beach and, like... It actually, like, not even about the book, but just seeing people so delighted and content with having the ocean, access to the ocean, because we really need that, like, for well-being. And that just even, like, brightened my day, like, seeing people get out of their cars and look out at the sea and be like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing, you know, and it just really... Yeah, it made me really happy to see that and just to see like my old friends kind of um opening the book at the beach, on the rocks or on the strand and and looking at the photos and it was amazing like and just seeing the smiles and the faces and it was lovely. So thank you everybody who came. And also this week there's been loads going on. So I had a feature in Cork Bio last week, an online media outlet and that was just such amazing feedback so thank you to them for that for publishing my story and the the press release of the book and all of that and i also yesterday um so on wednesday twenty eighth, um of what month are we still april um i was on the radio yesterday with 96 fm and went on in the morning around 11 and we did about a half an hour chat it was amazing i talked with pj coogan and I talked all about the travels and the different countries and the cultures and the dangers and the, all of it. So it was really good. And so, yeah, so just thanks to 96FM as well for putting my story out there. And, yeah, it's, it's all go. And this weekend, actually, um, I'm going to be at Ballybranigan Beach. So it's stunning. Like, it's actually an amazing beach. And it's super long, super wide. And... I will be there from 10 until 1 uh, on the 1st of May. So that's, yeah, I can't believe it's the 1st day of May. Oh my God. And there's actually another business launching as well over there a coffee and food trailer, Neve. So she has that set up as well. So it'll be so lovely. So I'll be able to do the book signing and then also she'll be having her treats and her coffee and all of it. Um, but her food and stuff is amazing and her creations um it's called Neve's Larder on Instagram if you want to check it out so that's so exciting so um yeah that'll be the 1st of May this Saturday and again just a final uh thank you to the patrons who are supporting the podcast and keeping the show running keeping this going and if you would like to support it would be greatly appreciated and it will allow me to further continue the podcasting and um spread the word about our planet and and all of that so thank you again to everybody who is contributing on there so guys let's get go on our adventures so last week we kind of finished up in El Chalten in uh, Argentinian Patagonia and an amazing place so after El Chalten I actually made my way back into Chile down in Punta Arena so I went back down to the place I was before and I actually went back down to stay with my host again Davide and um, I kind of my host actually in El Chaltén dropped me kind of halfway point where there was hitchhikers and I started my way down hitchhiking and like I kind of didn't know would I arrive or not but I just kind of hoped for the best <laughs> as you do um, but yeah he dropped me back to, like, a halfway point um, where he was going. And he was so nice. Like, he brought mate tea in the car. So they drink that a lot in Argentina. And they also... He also made, like, this kind of lemon rang pie. And, like, we had it in the morning. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. Like, what a chef. So I was like, this is just so amazing. um. So he brought me back anyway to a point where I would get out of the car and again I was back on my own again and I was like oh here we go hitchhiking so off I went on the side of the road I didn't even know where I was going there was like a a four-way junction and I was like right I'll just take a guess so I kind of like I kind of had a a sign kind of saying Chile and I saw some other hitchhikers then like I saw a couple there and I saw another backpacker and I was like, right, I'm kind of safe. So hopefully I can get a spin before like an hour or so. And yeah, you just hope for the best. Um, but luckily a fella stopped and he picked up actually the four of us. Three in the back, one in the front. And he brought us to the Chilean border. We all got out. It was so funny. And like, I'll never forget it. Like I was in stitches. I had um a little bit of food in my bag like just snacks, you know. But there was another guy in the car, and he had seeds and nuts. And the guy was like, "Look, you know, when you're crossing the border, like Chile are really strict, actually, on what you bring in." So I was like, oh, "Flip it! I need to check my bag now and make sure I don't have anything." You know, they're just they're just so protective of biodiversity, which is great. Like this is fabulous, you know. I actually remember that going to Australia as well. I was like, "Oh my god, I have soil on my shoes." <laughs> but um, yeah, they're super strict. Um, so I remember going through and the guy was searching my bag, he was like do you have food in there and I kind of showed him the stuff so you're allowed in with certain things other things not but I also had fruit like I had orange I had like a cup, couple of oranges or apples or something you know just for snacks because you actually don't know how long you'll be hitchhiking you could be hitchhiking 12 hours like so you need fuel and then going through the border, I was like, oh sugar, I've all this fruit in my bag and definitely they won't allow that in. It was so funny because the four of us were like on the halfway point between the border crossing and there was like a kilometre between the Chilean and Argentina border. So we had to walk between the two, kind of. And um, he, I had to eat all the or- I had to share. I shared out all the oranges and the apples with everybody. It was so funny. I was like, eat them quickly, eat them. And then the other guy had seeds and nuts and he was like, so funny he was putting the seeds into his shoes and everything I I'll never forget it like I was laughing on the floor like I was like are you seriously putting seeds into your shoes it was so funny like I was like just eating my food <laughs> but anyway we got to the Chilean border after we got through we got stamped and all was good to go however there was an issue with one of the other backpackers so it held us up quite a bit so we were there anyway in the border control me The couple, the couple were Argentinian and then the guy was from France but he had been traveling like two years or something and by this stage I was like on the, coming up to the year mark I think of my travel but like they were really curious about the guy because like he was traveling like I think it was two or two and a half years and he gone all over the Caribbean on boats and all over south, central, everywhere. Like me a little bit but just longer duration and uh, yeah. But they were like really questioning him they were like how are you still going after two and a half years and where's the money coming from and you need a certain amount of money to enter in like I think I really think when they questioned him they were they were pushing it a bit like they were really asserting their power um because they didn't really they said nothing really to me they were just like oh and, and you know what the funny thing is like they used to say to me like you know you're backpacking Kate like you've good clothes like I had good brands on me I suppose because I knew that I needed good winter gear for Patagonia, for the glaciers, for Antarctica. So, like they said to me, like when you're on the roads hitchhiking, like the people won't have a problem to pick you up because they'll know, they know that you're in some way kind of, um, like that. I'm not in poverty in one way, um, that I wouldn't, because in some places, you know, if you're in extreme poverty, like theft can become commonplace because people are struggling, like they need to survive so I think in one way like I was lucky in that sense that I had good <laughs> what is say, good branding or good clothes on me but like that's what they said like they were like your appearance literally makes everything when you're hitchhiking like person would not stop if you didn't have kind of clean clothes on or something you know and like this guy in particular like I think they really 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 kind of like uh, they went they went for him like you know with questions and questions and questions and like it was so funny after because we were like talking to each other saying like what did they ask you what did they ask you and like our obviously our um hitchhike in the cab like we were in like the guy was super delayed for his journey because of all the questioning and they just they were just saying they didn't want to allow him in because he didn't have enough money and he had already been into Chile, like, a couple of times, even though I had as well. Like, you know, I had loads of stamps on my passport from Chile, from crossing over and back. But, like, they really went went for him. Like, you know, I felt so sorry for him. But, anyways, we did actually get through in the end. He had to make up some story about that he did have enough money and more money would be coming in. And, you know, some countries, they do get, like, that depends who you get. You know, they were, like, they were a little bit strict now. Um, But, yeah. So anyways, we got into the cab at the other side and we carried on our journey down to... uh, We went back down, yeah, down through the border crossing and I ended up in, eventually, ended up eventually in Punta Arenas, back down into Chile. And from there on, I hitchhiked from Punta Arenas down to Ushuaia. So what I actually did when I was in Punta Arenas, I went on to couch surfing and I put up a post advertising that I was looking for a lift or if anybody wanted to do a hitchhike together down to Ushuaia that I would be up for it and um yeah let the adventure continue (laughs) so eventually some guy responded and he was like look I'm actually thinking of renting a van and going down um on this day if you'd like to go and I was like awesome let's do it and I'll pitch in for the fuel and the ferry and all of it so to get down to Ushuaia you actually have to cross on a ferry it's kind of separated well it is separated by land um and they call it Tierra Tierra del Fuego so a land of fire um and yeah it's an amazing place I remember driving down there and yeah just going in along there and seeing all the mountains and the glaciers and the snow-capped peaks and the sea like you get close to the sea again the proper ocean just amazing anytime I just see the ocean driving in somewhere I'm like yay like just just feeling of freedom you know but I booked in okay so actually when I went to Oshawa it was a really funny story so I actually booked into a hostel right that night and I had booked what I thought was a single room when I arrived up they showed me the room and there was like six beds in there and no aircon like bags everywhere cramped and, like, I could just smell, basically, sweat everywhere, and I was, like, oh, I'd been in the cab, like, all day with my friend, like, we became really good friends after, um, but I was just, like, oh, my God, like, I can't, like, I thought I was getting a single room, like, because, like, when you're on the road all day, and especially, like, you know, at the time, I had just met this guy, he picked me up in his van, and we, we shared the fuel, we ended up being friends in the end, but, like, you know you always have that like adrenaline or that safety kind of aspect where like you do end up really exhausted because you're always watching your back but like when I got into this place then I was like ah are you serious I don't have a single room and it was nine o'clock at night and I was like absolutely exhausted and I was like I actually can't stay in here and like loads of people then were trying to talk to me and you know like when you go hostel to hostel everybody wants to chat everybody wants to and like by the end of my trip like I would get (laughs) well kind of cranky maybe but like my tiredness levels would go quicker because it's not like you're just on holidays for two weeks like I've been I had been going 12 months you know that's a big that's a big that's a different story altogether like you know so I've been traveling all that day from morning till night and I was like no so I rang back anyway And I rang Airbnb, actually, it was kind of like a hostel, but it was kind of advertised on Airbnb, so it's a bit funny. But I rang Airbnb and I said, look, the room is not the room that I booked. Like, this is all wrong. Uh, Like, uh, there's six people in this room. I was like, I didn't book this at all. So they were so good to me. They were so good to me. Like, I'll never forget it. And they helped me out and they apologised and like I had emailed them I'd say about seven times and like there was no response but they were actually so good you know they rang me back and they were like look Kate um sorry about all of that and they were like you know if you can try and get a place nearby and um we'll look after you like you know so I was like oh this is amazing but like you know again it was like nine o'clock at night then it was going on to ten and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to find somewhere now and get transported this hour of the night? And here I am, what is going on? Um, but anyway, somehow I plucked up the energy and I found a local a kind of... Um, it actually ended up being some kind of like a five-star kind of a cabin in the woods. And I was like, oh my God, is this literally the only place available? Well, I guess it is, so I got to go for it. But I went out there anyway. And uh, it was just like... I remember arriving up and I was like oh guys like you can't imagine it like when you've been sleeping like kind of roughly for a while you know in like on floors on hammocks on air beds and then I arrived up to this place and it was like it was like five star in the woods cabin like I was like is this for real and I had I got into the room okay and the guy was like hi how are you? and he, he was like he loved Ireland he loved Irish people and there was fascination with Irish pubs and all of this and he was like, come in, come in. And he was so nice. And I was literally like, is this my room? King size bed, king size bed, a kitchenette, a bathroom the size of like a bedroom, huge, a bath, everything. And the floor, the floor was heated. And then windows, like the windows were about eight meters wide wide. Well, I might be exaggerating, maybe like five or six, but it was just a massive space. And I opened the windows and I looked out and it was all trees. And I remember going into the room and I was like, Oh my god, I've like this is paradise. I remember lying on the floor because I was like, Oh my god, heated floor, clean like it was that clean. It was like shining, and a huge king-size bed. And the guy was like, the guy just said to me, Okay, so what time would you like your breakfast in bed? And like literally when he said that my mouth, I was just like, What? Seriously? Like I'm getting breakfast in bed in the woods in a cabin? Like I was just like, oh my god, all my dreams have come true. But no guys, seriously, when you've when you've slept like really badly for ages and then you get gifted something like that, it's like oh my god, like amazing. That's just so lucky. And well as well, like I like the gave the wrong accommodation was given to me, like so what's she gonna do? Um, but it was amazing and I was so happy, like I was like, This is just unreal, but, um, yeah, so I slept there for the night, and then the next day I went out hiking out to Tierra del Fuego national parks, so went to see the lake, went to see this lighthouse, climbed up the ladder to the lighthouse. that was not safe altogether. It was like well, it wasn't really a lighthouse, to be honest, actually, it was kind of like a tower near the lighthouse, but um. In the, in the national parks well, you have a border crossing like a fence between Chile and Argentina so it's so funny you can jump from one side like hey, I'm in Chile and jump to the other hey I'm Argentina so that was kind of funny and uh, yeah it was a lovely day and just that national park is amazing like Ushuaia is so underrated like I know it's like probably the best place to go to Antarctica but like the hiking around there is unbelievable and like the views from like the houses and all of it like it's like wow to see all these amazing capped peaks with snow on them and yeah and i used to go for my runs as well down by the ocean front and just by the ocean and then i'd go onto the beach kind of pebbledy beach and i do my stretches there and it kind of became home for me for a while because i used to i spent time there you know before my trip to Antarctica maybe like a week I was finishing up exams setting off my assignments because like I knew I wouldn't have internet for like weeks on end and I knew my professors wouldn't be able to contact me so I was doing all of that before I left and just figuring out even the trip to Antarctica like I was I was actually very nervous I had no idea what it was going to be like I had no idea what was going to happen the climate the people the food none of it well my mum the first thing my mum said what are you going to eat I was like, I'm going to be on a ship, like, there's going to be food. So, yeah, and I guess just the price of it all, like, that was a big thing for me. I was like, you know, do I really want to, like, just, like, drop this money now and go there? But I was like, nothing, nothing could purchase this trip, the value that it's going to give me internally, do you know? And I was like, it's either now or never. And, yeah, I'm so glad I did it so glad I took it and I went while I was there because you know you see the way the world is now but it's just so important like the minute your your internal kind of soul is kind of like pushing you to do something you have to listen to that whisper you have to do it I could have traveled for another year maybe with that money but like did I want to you know Mm, no I I actually don't think I would have been able first to be honest it's it's tough going like travel 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 um, on your own anyways I'm not sure with a person it might be a little bit easier just because you're not organising everything yourself or watching your own back all the time but um, yeah amazing 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 Ushuaia is definitely one to visit and if you ever get to Antarctica like book in some time down there because there's loads of hiking and the town is just super cool itself like all these kind of shops with like uh, winter gear and rugs and wool and comfy clothes and yeah and they actually have an Irish pub there as well I visited it on St Patrick's Day our ship from Antarctica I won't talk about Antarctica in this episode but our ship from Antarctica arrived back into Ushuaia on the 17th of March and that was 2019 I think yeah and I remember going up to the pub just for a quick glance and I was like what is going on like what is going on because like being in Antarctica like this remote desolate continent amazingly stunningly beautiful and then coming up and going into an Irish pub I was like mm, I don't think I want to be here so I actually only just stayed for a little bit for a little glance and to see a bit of my heritage I suppose um, and say happy Patrick's Day and then I went back down to the ship I was like I going back down to the ship for a night's sleep um, and it was amazing but it's the southernmost Irish pub in the world would you believe so after that a little quick rundown i went to Antarctica from Ushuaia for just under three weeks on the ship and then i came back into Ushuaia again and i stayed with my host Oscar amazing guy still in touch with him so nice and he hosted me and he had a little cat called Colcho and he was so lovely to me so lovely the the most amazing host you could imagine And I stayed with him for ages. Like, when I got back from Antarctica, I stayed with him for, like, I don't know, like, several, several, several days. And he was so good to me, like. um, And then when I left for Antarctica, I bought him, like, a bottle of wine and um, a card and stuff like that. And I was like, I'll see you after my trip and I'll be bringing back a penguin. (laughs) And he was so good, like, and he was like, of course, Kate, you can come back to my home and everything. And I was like, you're so welcome to come here to Ireland as well, you know, and... It was just amazing the the friendships and the family I made around the world and and even now, like, you know, sending them stuff back and photos of Ireland. It's so beautiful. So like couch surfing really is just like it's just amazing. Like, you know, and we used to go cooking together as well. We were cooking empanadas one night and um, he was like, Kate, oh, my God, like you cannot make that. Like mine turned out to be like a crushed piece of pastry (laughs) he was like maybe i'll just make the empanadas and i was like okay i'll just kind of watch and put stuff in the oven but yeah so a big shout out to oscar for hosting me he was amazing and yeah it was so lovely but guys i'm gonna do antarctica in another episode um, because too much there too much we're gonna continue on with argentina so after antarctica i went up to uh iguazu and actually like, it was quite a distance from southern Argentina up to, like, the top the Brazilian border, like, it's quite a journey, and I tell you what, when I got up there, I actually felt really uneasy, I was kind of like, oh, like, what, like, uh, I don't know, was it going inland, Uh, like, after Antarctica, I just, I was kind of silenced for a while, I was just like, wow, you know, like, that's, that's once in a lifetime, like, that is once in a lifetime and I I almost felt like should I go home now like am I ready to go back but like always in the back of my mind I was like no the Galapagos the Galapagos the Galapagos the Galapagos was like the top 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 of my wish lists of my life you know Uh, and I was like I can't go back you know even though I was I was really tired like but I was like I can't go back not now I have to keep going So I was in a bit of a predicament, you know, but I was like, okay, here's what I can do. I can go up here to Iguazu, into Brazil, travel a bit around there, get up into Bolivia, where the salt flats were. I was like, that salt flat, like, I just need to go there. Like, it's just amazing. 11 kilometers of pure salt, like, crazy desert like I was like I have to go there I was like I wonder can I just figure it out and go kind of like this way and then head over to Ecuador after and then maybe go back home you know but I was like I kept questioning myself I was like am I able to do it physically and mentally because at this point I was gone over the year well just about a year um so it was a tough decision to make but I'm so glad I pulled through and I did it you know sometimes it's our mind over matter you know it's like I can do it I will do it I'll be able for it you know and so many people would always say to me keep going for as long as you can you know and so many people now say like I regret I didn't do it when I was younger so I just took it and I went with it I'm so glad I did so I went up to Iguazu anyways and I stayed I actually booked an Airbnb there for, like, a single room for, like, two nights, or something like that, and it was roasting. So I had gone from Antarctica, and I've where it's, like, you know, you've very, very, very cold winds down there, and icy weather, and I went up into the heat. So it was just, like, whoa. I got a fine shock when I went up there. A big shock, because it was so hot, and again back into no aircon room and i was like oh no so i had a fan but i didn't sleep at all well um and yeah it was hard like it was hard going up there now into the into the middle of the country and but then when i got into iguazu like i spent one day going around the argentinian side and then one day on the brazilian side and it was phenomenal like, I quickly, my, my mind had quickly changed. Uh, the minute you get out, then you start adventuring again and seeing the natural sights. You're like, oh, this is what it's about. Like, this is why I'm on the journey, you know. So I went out anyway to the the Argentinian side the first day. And it was just amazing. It was amazing. Two, seven, five cascades. Like... Uh, unbelievable. And then there's a rainforest around it with like around 2,000 plant species. Like, absolutely phenomenal. It's like when you go there, you're really immersing yourself in kind of, yeah, trees and nature and waterfalls and oh, just amazing. And the sound of the waterfalls, it's like, well, I'm not going to make the sound on here, but it's like, shh, like it's just crazy. Like, you know, like you just have to like look it up or something. um Amazing. Absolutely amazing yeah and then there's like all these rainbows as well like you can see the light refracted onto the water and it's just like I was like oh my god there's like double rainbows oh my god oh my god oh my god uh, phenomenal phenomenal just crazy beautiful and then the next day I went to the Brazilian side so I had to cross the border again and this time I was entering Brazil and I remember I rang my Brazilian friends from the Argentinian side and I was like guess rain I'm going tomorrow and they were like where and I was like Brazil. And they were like, Kate, no. Kate, no. Don't go there alone. (laughs) And I was like, I'll be fine. Come on. And they used to call me like, Maloca. Which is like, you know, crazy, crazy one, you know. But, um, yeah. So all my Brazilian friends in Ireland, I was laughing because they were like, you can't go there alone. They were like, it's not like Ireland. I was like, girls, I was like, I've been into all the dangerous places, like, you know, that they say are dangerous, like Colombia and... Honduras, I was like, I'm being into them, and it's fine. Like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm streetwise at this point. you know what I mean? But um, ended up being grand across the border, was speaking Spanish, and I got away with that. And then I kind of mixed in a bit of, I ended up speaking like this kind of Portugal, which is like a mixture between Portuguese, like Portuguese and Spanish. Um, but for the first while, I was all confused. I was like, what is going on here? i was speaking Spanish, but then words of Portuguese, and yeah. So I actually ended up in a couch surf as well in the Brazilian side. I got a taxi over, I met a Canadian couple on the border crossing and I said, do you want to share a cab? So they shared a cab and they were actually about 70 years old. Like they were phenomenal travellers. I was like, this is amazing. Are you travelling around alone and, and you're all you're all good? Like they were like, yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, you can travel at any age. Like they were like 70, a couple, married and from Canada. I was like, this is so lovely. And we chatted and chatted and chatted. And, and you know, the border crossings were always a bit hard for me, you know. So it was so lovely to meet them and share the cab. So then I got dropped off at my couch surf house. And they were like, will you be all right now? And I was like, I'll be grand. I'll be grand. And I just remember getting into Brazil. And I was like, woohoo, I'm in a new country. This is amazing. And Yeah, it was just so lovely. So I had a big, huge house to myself. I was like, is this for real? And she was so lovely, my host. And the Brazilians never disappoint in their hospitality. Like, they're just amazing people. And, you know, I stayed there, like, about two months in Brazil. And they hosted me, like, (gasps) there in the Colombians. Like, I was like, seriously? Like, I can't leave this country ever. And I had already a good bunch of friends here in Ireland, the Brazilians. And I was just like, (gasps) I already know that they're amazing people. So this is just going to be amazing. So they were And do you know what I really liked as well was that like at night time you know I'd walk down to the supermarket and like I felt really safe and like I'd be looking at like the houses on the road and they'd all be having like barbecues outside, they'd all be outside on the streets sitting down chilling, talking, dancing and like just really friendly um, and so lovely like helping me with the buses and all the sorts and yeah just amazing and then I'd be speaking in Spanish and they'd be replying in Portuguese so it was kind of funny but we got each other like and by that stage my mind was kind of like you know it was so it became so elastic in a way that I was able to just uh using my yeah like communication skills became very fluid I suppose and yeah it was amazing and I couldn't believe I got into a new country and I texted all my Brazilian friends I was like I'm in Brazil and they were like no way um yeah but it was funny. But then like a month later, I was like, yeah, I'm hitchhiking in Brazil. And they were like, oh, my God, Kate, cop on now, cop on. But yeah, it was grand. Managed away. It was fine. Uh, but I, I did actually only hitchhike kind of a very few times because I did have a little bit of a scare. But um, it was grand. It was fine. Totally fine. But anyways, about Iguazu uh, the second day, then I headed off to the Brazilian side and it was Amazing like some panoramic views it was incredible so on the argentinian side you get to go right up close underneath them almost get soaked and then the brazilian side was just like you have these like viewpoints that you're overlooking like just just huge cascades and you're like wow no thoughts like just stare at that now like sit up on the bench or climb up the fence and sit down and just watch it oh just mesmerizing just thinking of it now amazing and um, yeah just phenomenal it's a UNESCO site as well so it's a protected world heritage site that is great news Um, and yeah it was an amazing day out so I would definitely recommend anybody in that side of the world to go to Iguazú check out the two sides of the waterfall you can actually check out the third side as well Um, but I didn't go in there into Paraguay um, just cause, yeah, I I booked a flight down to um Sao Paulo, so I just kind of felt like you know I think I've yeah I think I had seen enough the two sides of national park, um, and yeah it was beautiful so definitely 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 go there. So guys, as a kind of finishing note. I wanted to let you know if you weren't aware that this week is National Gardening Week. So it's all about the vitamin G. Um, So I hope you've been getting out there and getting into the soil and planting or sowing seeds. Because this is the perfect time of year to do it. It is absolutely the most, yeah. So now is the time to get your hands uh, in the soil. We won't call it dirt because that's not what it is and also I guess a little note about the pollinators the bees as I'm getting I'm educating myself now at the moment about it um so it's just good to share it you know that like say like if you have a lawn like you don't have to mow everything you know Uh, because I know in Ireland we love keeping things tidy and clean but like just like you know like the dandelions are really important so like try and leave them there for a bit um, for the pollinators Um, and like if you are tending to mow can you leave an area with like that native flowers can kind of grow so that's really good for the bees for their food Um, because it's not fair really you know human intervention going in and and taking away their food source because essentially that's what we're doing Um, so like forget about the clean and tidy um why can't we just let the lawns go a bit wild I know it's going to be hard like because people are in a mindset that you know oh my god if my lawn doesn't look tidy blah 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 but I mean if we don't have bees then uh humans can't really survive here so yeah we kind of need to really just use our heads a bit you know um and like in other countries like you know I remember like i don't know was it in sweden maybe like they used to leave things just go completely wild and i was like this is amazing like to see our nature in its full glory uh growing without man intervention and it's amazing you know i love it i love the whole rewilding and that's what we need to do like we need the planet to rewild like you know if you think back in the day well we weren't here but like if you look back in the history books like, the earth didn't look like this. It wasn't so barren. Like, the earth had so much biodiversity. And humans have knocked that out. Like, you know, where are the species that came in and was like, yeah, we're taking over and agriculture and... Yeah, like, you know. So we really need to focus on rewilding and regeneration. So, like, anybody can really plant seed. Like, you just have to get over the first little hurdle, you know. Just, like... A bit of compost and a couple of seeds and off you go like you don't need to make it difficult you know you gotta get a small little window box and get a bit of compost and get a couple of seeds and like even outdoors just get 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 veggies that are easy to grow do you know like beetroots or root vegetables maybe like carrot like I know there is the carrot fly but like give it give it a give it a try like you know you never know and even if it does fail like, who cares, like, you, you tried, and you learn year on year, even me, I'm learning every year, I'm learning every day, and you just have to start and go with it, okay, and if you are doing it, let me know how you're getting on, I would love to know, I really would, I really would love to know if you're planting, or how you're getting on, because it's great, like, to share the tips, and the knowledge, and, like, guys, another note, like, I know people are always conscious of money, like, as well, like, you're saving a fortune, like, My lettuce outside's gone for, like, the last year. Like, it keeps regrowing. Like, seriously, like, I'm not joking, you know? Well, if you eat a lot of lettuce, like, I eat loads of lettuce, so, do you know? But, um, yeah. So, guys, I just want to say a final note to the patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, as always, um, I can't do this podcast without you. Uh, I don't have funding. I'm not, like, a... You know, I'm not sponsored by anybody or anything. So for me to put out this message, I'm doing it out of my own time. Um, you know, uh, the making of this. Uh, so if you can support, uh, it would be amazing. It's patreon.com slash catch And as always, it's, you know, the price of a coffee or whatever you have. But it's up to you if you're a regular listener and you want to see this Continue. Uh, I would be really grateful and it's just a way of giving back and keeping it going, you know? So thank you again uh, to everybody. I will see whoever has purchased or is coming on Saturday uh, for the signing. I can't wait to see on the clifftop. It's going to be sensational. Like that beach, I just, I can't even, it's amazing. So guys, have an awesome day and have an amazing week ahead and a big hug for me and all the positive vibes and get out into nature and I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you guys, ciao.